Thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available where you find folks get your podcast. Also, guys, this episode of Locked On Spartans is brought to you by McDonald's, serving the beautiful community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It is a place where friends and family from the community can come together. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. All right, guys. Hey, we're here. That's right. It's game day eve. Once again, we've got keys of the game, random thoughts about the game, and uh, yeah, of course, best bets in a mailbag to end the show. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and happy Friday, or Saturday, if this is your pregame ritual, whenever game day does roll around. Regardless, welcome to another episode of Locked on Spartans. That's right, that is the name of this here podcast. I'm your host, Matt Sheehan, and oh yeah, baby, that's right, we do this five days a week here on the Locked on Podcast Network, Monday through Friday. That's right. Uh, on yesterday's show, if you uh, wanted to find out a little more about the Boilermakers, we had Casey Bartley of HammerAndRails.com on for an awesome two-second conversation about his team. And uh, yeah, just throughout the week, I was just still gloating about last Saturday's win as if I had something to do with it. But regardless, hey, that's right, baby. Uh, we were partying hard from last Saturday's game. But, yeah, unfortunately, um, the season does go on. We can't just, you know, ride off into the sunset after that one. No, we've got four more regular season games, and the next one is against Purdue. We will be getting into that from the Spartan side a little here uh, in just a short minute. But first, need to do the housekeeping, of course. Rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Yes, this is Locked on Spartans. If you ever want to reach out with questions, comments, concerns, if you need some life advice, if you want to give me life advice, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. And uh, you know what, guys? Yeah, I'm sorry, but before getting to football, it it's basketball we got to talk about here. Yeah, that's right. Michigan State had their second of two exhibition games on Thursday night. Yes, they downed the Grand Valley State Lakers. Ooh, that's right, getting revenge from that, what, 2005, 2006 exhibition game, whatever that was. That's right, 17 years ago. Uh, you know, this is going to be a lot like last week's breakdown after the Ferris State game where I'm just going to put my hand up and say, I, I'm not going to like really give you a lot of concrete takeaways from this game because let's say hey, Grand Valley State, I'm sure they're a fine program that's in division two. Okay. That's just what they are though. It's a division two program. And this is a Michigan state team, uh, right on the outside of the top 25 for, you know, division one basketball looking in. So uh, one thing that is worth noting is that for the second uh, game in Rome, Malik Hall has come off the bench, and yeah, well, he has gotten a ton of minutes, one of the most experienced players on this team in the last few years here. He still will be coming off the bench, and I don't necessarily hate that. I mean, and maybe I'm just biased because that was my role on my Division Two men's recreational uh, house team two years ago. It was just energy off the bench. I love myself a good energy off the bench guy. But no, on a serious note, I think that is a very important role here, especially for a team that, well, is going to have to find its footing here early on. Um, it's going to be, like I said last week against Ferris State, and this will be an ongoing developing story, is where is the leadership going to come from this team? And, you know, you got... Gabe Brown, of course, probably leading the way right off the jump. He will be in the starting rotation. 
Having someone as experienced and as skillful, of course, as energetic as Malik Hall can be off the bench, I, I think that's fine. I think it's great. Um, like I said, uh, nothing really else I'm going to take away here. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. And don't get me wrong. Like It's not like I'm totally neglecting basketball. We will get into hoops next week before Tuesday's showdown against Kansas. Uh, we will have a more thorough breakdown the morning of that game. And, yeah, you know what? That is when we'll start having concrete takeaways after, like, the Champions Classic and all that fun stuff. So enough of basketball. I'm sorry. Hey, listen, I I, I love basketball. I do. But <laughs> we also got an 8-0 football team to talk about, and we got a big, massive game coming up in West Lafayette. That is right. Oh, my goodness gracious. If you look up the term trap game in the dictionary, you are going to find this one. MSU coming off a historic, historic win in a rivalry that is always very emotional. And as you leave that game next on your schedule, that's right, you're going on the road to a stadium that is known for gobbling up dreams of top five teams and uh, just spitting them out. And, well, the Vegas line comes out. It's a a two-and-a-half point spread for your Michigan State Spartans. Oh my, that right there just stinks out loud. So yeah, this right here is a trap game. So with that said, we've got some keys to the game right now I want to jam in for the end of the first segment. The first and foremost key to the game, I think this will be the biggest key to the game. And maybe it's because I'm still scarred by what happened last week and it almost bit us last week. Yes, I'm talking about getting third down stops. Swear, like every big third down opportunity last weekend against Michigan... Just go ahead and move the chains, because it was going to be converted. Um, Purdue has a 42.1% conversion rate on offense, and that's that's solid. That's on the right side of average for the Big Ten. That is fifth best in the conference. And on the contrary, MSU gives up third down conversions at a 39.9% clip. That is third worst in the conference. Um, Okay, listen. It's uh, the obvious... Thing is right in front of us of why third down conversions are going to be important. The more you can get your defense off the field, the better. <laughs> Does not take a football genius to figure that one out. But also, here here's like a little stat that I just wanted to pick out here as to why this could be important. It's going to be a close game. Close games, of course, are, well, can you win the turnover battle and or can you win the field position battle? You get Purdue off the field in their territory, well, hey, guess who's coming on the field? It's their punt unit that ranks dead last in the Big Ten. They are booting punts at a 36.7-yard-per-punt clip. That is not extraordinary. So, yes, of course, getting your defense off the field, that's fine. But also, if you could do it early in drives, well, you're bringing out a punt unit that leaves a lot to be desired. And when you have Jaden Reed returning your punts, too, that only adds more fuel to the flame. So... That is the biggest thing. It's half of, I'm so scarred from last week, all the first down conversions, just or third down conversions rather, almost killed me. And then the other half too is, yeah, win this field position battle and just get your offense back in the field. Uh, key number two, and this goes for both teams, no question about it, is who can keep their quarterback standing. That's right. Um, let's talk about it from a Purdue quarterback standpoint right now. Uh, they held their quarterback upright for the most part of their stunning win against Iowa earlier this year. Uh, and last week's win against Nebraska, they held Aiden O'Connell upright for the most part. However, you go you know, two weeks ago against Wisconsin, 
they they were just devouring Aiden O'Connell. It was a, a bloodbath for him. They took six sacks. Never quite really in that game either. Okay, so from the Michigan State offensive point of view, last week it was Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, I don't need to rehash what he was able to do in scary moments of that game. Okay, awesome, cool. Well, who's next in our schedule? Oh, good. It, it's another probably first-round pick in George Karloftis uh, playing defensive end. Yes, his numbers aren't popping out to you, but just like our guy uh, yesterday from HammerandRails.com, Casey Bartley was talking about it's because he's getting double-teamed a lot. He's a scary guy. Uh, he is amongst the best in rushing the passer in the Big Ten. And uh, listen, Purdue is good at lowering completion percentage on offense, largely in part because, well, that pass rush can get to quarterbacks and start to panic them a little bit. And then, ooh, you get some little happy feet from uh, the quarterback. That's right. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a big, big who can keep their quarterback upright the most. Um, third key to the game this is from the Michigan State standpoint. It is uh, that that third receiver. Uh, yeah, Jalen Naylor, most likely out for this game, most likely out for a while. I don't know the concrete details, but I would not count on Naylor to be in this game. So it's going to be just fascinating. I mean, who's going to get you know that share? Of course, you could assume that Trey Mosley will slide into receiver number two. Hey, where do you go after that, though? Is it Montori Foster? Is it Terry Lockett? Is it Keon Coleman? Is it Cade, the, the Wolverine Slayer McDonald? Uh, Malik Carr got some run last game, caught a ball, promptly slipped immediately on the very slippy side of the field. Uh, so I, I almost wonder if it's going to be like last year's Michigan game where it is they are just going to be bebopping all over the place. Like It is not going to be like earlier this year for the first eight games where it is just going to be the same three receivers over and over again. I could see them rotating receivers in and out. So that said, I know that Purdue has a receiver on their side of the ball as well. We will start next segment with him, though. That's right. But first, need to talk to you fine folks about McDonald's. That's right. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This episode of Lockdown Spartans is brought to you by McDonald's, serving communities since 1965. That's right, guys. McDonald's has always been a place more than just to get tasty, affordable food. It is a place to refuel and reconnect whether it's you know, getting out of the car in the middle of a long road trip to watch your Spartans, just to stretch the legs out, maybe plug your phone in for a little bit, and uh, we'll refuel with some awesome, awesome coffee. Or if it's just your local breakfast spot that you always go to. I worked at McDonald's for four years back in my heyday, and yeah, we would see regulars all the time. Small groups, massive groups, all over the place. So yeah, no... No kidding about it. Uh, McDonald's has been kind of a de facto community center over the years. And if you've ever been in, inside of a McDonald's lately, God, I feel like all their interiors are just the most welcoming place in the world now, too. So, yeah, it's no wonder why people love to stop in their McDonald's. So, guys, whether it's, you know, grabbing that coffee, grabbing that Big Mac, grabbing that giant sack of fries for you and the whole gang, head to your local McDonald's to refill and reconnect. Did somebody say, locked on Spartan's watch party? Ooh. My goodness gracious. So thank you so much, McDonald's, for supporting us and supporting our community since 1965. That's right, guys. I'm loving it. All right, before getting into random thoughts about tomorrow's game or today's game, depending on when you're listening, first just have to thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available wherever you get your podcast. So I said that we'd get into the mailbag in the third segment here, but actually let me cheat on that right now. And this is one massive looming thought 
about the game, it has to do with, of course, uh, Purdue all-world receiver David Bell. And someone writes in, um, I'm scared of David Bell. Please help me be less scared of him. Thank you. You know what? I This might shock you guys if you've listened to this podcast for quite some time. I'm known to get very skittish about the smallest things on opposing teams, but allow me to help you maybe not lose too much sleep over David Bell. And actually, let me start by saying that he's probably going to get like 180 yards, two touchdowns. Like he, He's, he's going to dominate. Like he's, he's going to completely uh, eat up this Michigan State defense. Uh, he loves like a good deep out route. Michigan State loves giving up a good deep out route. An eight-yard curl, David Bell loves that. Michigan State's defense loves getting up a deep eight-yard curl. With that said, with that said, I don't think this could be the first time where Michigan State sees a receiver go off on them and then still does enough everywhere else in the field to get it done. I go back to the Miami game. Charleston Rambo, I think he had, what, close to 140, 150 yards, two touchdowns. That didn't seem to matter as Michigan State won that game, I believe, 38-17, to if my memory serves correct. Uh, and let's go all the way back. Now, you're really going to have to think long and hard about this one. Uh, a few days ago, when Michigan State saw Andrew Anthony go off for, well, a, a performance that would have been in the history books for a very, very long time should the Wolverines have won that game, but no, they, they didn't. Um, so, listen, what I'm trying to say is that, yeah, like David Bell, definitely worth worrying about, but also, this is kind of MSU's MO sometimes. Okay, let, let him get his yards. He's going to do what he can. And then when we get in the red zone, well, we're, we're going to bat down the hatches a little bit here. And that leads me into my next thought about this game is that there are three facets. Three facets of this game that I actually love for Michigan State. And that's me knocking on wood if you couldn't hear that because uh, I don't want to jinx it now. But one thing that I love about this game, we'll start with the red zone. Okay. Purdue has a red zone efficiency. So the percentage of times they get in the red zone and then score the ball, whether it be field goals or touchdowns, is at a 77.4% clip. That ranks at the bottom of the barrel in the nation as it comes in at 103rd in the country at offensive efficiency in the red zone. In 31 red zone trips, the Boilermakers have 16 touchdowns and 8 field goals on the season. On the contrary, let's look at Michigan State's defense. Okay, so the red zone defense is actually like in the middle of the pack in the nation for uh, red zone trips that end up in scores. However, and we all know this, especially if you're a listener of this pod, I have screamed, uh, break, no, Ben don't break, rather, until I'm blue in the face. So here we go. As we know, Michigan State's defense is really, really good at holding opponents to just field goals when they get in the red zone. 14 touchdowns. 13 field goals in 32 red zone trips on the season. Again, 32 red zone trips of the season, 14 touchdowns, 13 have been held to field goals. Let's go back to last week. Uh, Michigan had four red zone trips that were held to field goals. And a four-point game. It's going to be a little important there. So I do like that a little bit. Uh, The other two facets of this game that I love Love to see. Again, I'm knocking on wood. I know this is a trap game. I know it's a very scary game. I'm scared, guys. Believe me. However, I'm trying to bring you some numbers here that even excite me that hopefully spread that to you guys. I'm not always negative. I'm not always a Debbie Downer. Um, two of these are really well, the same part of the game. Just I like it for both sides of the ball here. And that is the run game. That is the run game on both sides. We'll, we'll start with when MSU is on defense and Purdue has the ball. 
If, if you've read my 3-2-1 preview piece on theonlycolors.com, a lot of these stats are going to sound familiar. Okay. This is Purdue's run offense stats right here. 2.5 yards per carry. Okay, that is that is dead last in the Big Ten. Uh, four rushing touchdowns on the season. That would be dead last in the conference. Okay, so opportunity rate, so runs that go for at least four yards, they do that at 41.2%. Okay, that might be a little confusing. This won't be confusing, though. Uh, that is tied for 120th in the nation. Oh, yikes. There's 130 teams that are being ranked. They're 120th in that. How about power success rate? So when it's third or fourth down and less than two yards to go, what percent of the time do they pick up first down? 50%, which is not good. That ties for 124th best in the nation. Oh no. Oh my, Purdue, what's going on here? How about stuff rate? These are runs that get stopped at or behind the line of scrimmage. They get stuffed at or behind the line of scrimmage 24.2% of the time. Oh my, that's also 124th in the nation. If you took their leading rusher and tripled his rushing yards on the season, that does still not beat where Kenneth Walker is on the year for a total. Purdue's run game, that leaves a lot to be desired. A lot to be desired. Uh, If they could shut down Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum, that solid run game last week, I'm sorry, I, like, I, I don't think I'm getting anywhere close to ahead of myself here. Should be easy peasy Saturday. I mean, hey, I know it's a road game, but defense usually travels. And the other part of the run game, of course, and I'll be a little quick on this one because, well, I'm talking about Michigan State's run game against Purdue's run defense. Uh, Purdue lets up four yards per carry. That is 10th in the Big Ten. Uh, their opportunity rate, so for d- defense, when they're on defense, how many... Uh, runs go for at least four yards. Uh, they're ranked 80th in the country at that. I, I don't really... This is a Michigan State podcast. I assume you're a Michigan State fan. I don't really have to pour over the numbers here to tell you how great Kenneth Walker is and how he might be absolutely feasting against a subpar run defense, especially after playing against arguably a top 10 run defense in the country and hanging up... Let's see. One, two... Okay, the three, four, five. That's right, five rushing touchdowns last week. I, I think he might be able to do okay against Purdue. I think he might be able to do okay against Purdue. And once again, I'm going to knock on wood, and that way he's not held to 67 yards on 23 carries because I put that jinx out in the atmosphere. All right, guys. Um, so, yeah, hey, listen, I this is probably very bizarre for you to hear because sometimes before the games I can really psych myself out and – just think of the, the, the worst stats possible to get myself freaked out, but I, I kind of like it. I kind of like it, and I got to say, my confidence actually scares the hell out of me because, mm, my goodness gracious, uh, that's just not what I'm used to doing before game days, but hey, got to mix it up a little bit here on the Lockdown Spartans podcast. That's right, your team, five days a week. We will be back with some mailbag questions, and I'll shuffle right through best bets, um, but first need to talk to you fine folks about betonline.ag. So, right, guys, we're back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKDOWN, all one word, LOCKDOWN, to unlock that 50% welcome bonus. From football to basketball, to NHL, to boxing, to UFC, 
golf right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. We are talking betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Betonline.ag, where the game starts. And also, guys, you need to start your workout with some Built Bar. Built Bar. That's right, guys. You have heard us talk about Built Bar for weeks, months, years, really however long you've been listening to this podcast. We have been yammering about Built Bar, and for a good reason, because it is the best tasting protein bar in the land. I mean, if I wouldn't lie to you guys. This is not what I'm in the business of doing. I'm in the business of telling you that Built Bar is a world-class protein bar. It does not taste like all the other protein bars that you've had. No, it does not taste like, I, I don't know, like peanut shells wrapped up in a weird waxy brown thing that they call chocolate uh, on, on the wrapper. No, these are soft, they're chewy, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and not only are they great on the taste buds, but they are great on the body. That's right, we're talking low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein, so you get all the healthy benefits on top of, well, biting, something, biting into something that tastes like a candy bar. Guys, check out the flavors. Coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, cherry barcia. says right here to name my favorite flavor. I just did. I love every single one of those flavors I just rattled off. I mean, they truly are the best. So go to built.com right now. Smash in promo code LOCKED15. It's all one word, LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. One more time, guys. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, guys, let's get into a few mailbag questions because I asked for some uh, on Wednesday, and you guys, as you always do, delivered because you guys are the best listeners in the entire world. So we got some uh, runoff questions that I just want to get to right now. Then at the very end, we'll get to best bets. I'll shuffle through that really quick. We still are in the black for best bets on the season, but it's been three weeks where I've gone two and three. But you know what that means, though? I'm due. I'm due. So we'll kick it off right here. Actually got this email at LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Hello, Matt. Big fan of the show. Well, I'm a big fan of you. Thank you. Appreciate that. I wanted your opinion on Peyton Thorne's last two games. His play was shaky, even though he had uh, the throws in the clutch. He has one TD and four picks. Hopefully he will right the ship. Oh, yeah. Canine for Heisman. Go green. Well, of course, got to throw that in there at the end. So... It might not be a surprise to you if you've been a listener of this podcast that I'm I'm pretty high on Peyton Thorne. I mean, yeah, I and I'll cut right to the chase. I, I I don't think the last two games are of massive concern. I think he looked a little shakier in the Indiana game than he looked last week in the Michigan game. Um, touched on it briefly at the start of the week, but I mean, like I was shaky watching this game on a couch just slugging beers. How do you think you would feel if, if you were playing in front of the most delirious crowd you've ever played in your entire life in a massive rivalry with historic stakes on the line? I could see why he might be a little shaky. Now, okay, it's not to say that hey, the other quarterbacks seem to come out doing okay. But with that said, he also persevered. His second half, like you said in the email, was clutch. That fourth and four throw, uh, that will live in lore forever. His, his two two-point conversion throws were fantastic. And I'm not too worried about the interceptions last week, too. Yes, the first one was thrown into double coverage. But I my, I think it was a calculated risk. We're taking it. was third down. Um, he saw something. He saw Naylor there. And, okay, they intercepted it. But, hey, arm punt, baby. They get the ball to two-yard line. That's probably better than you'd do any punt. I mean, should Bryce Berenger come out to the field very next play? As good of a season as he's had. Brayden Thorne had a nice punt there. Um. 
And then the other interception, guy put his paw up, bounce of ball, wrong place, wrong time. And some of that's on the quarterback, sure, but no, it's just a good play by the defense too. So if it sounds like I'm just writing off the concerns for Peyton Thorne, maybe. Just because, I don't know, what I've seen so far the whole season, his body of work, he, he's a pretty smart quarterback. Rarely does he take risks that aren't worth it. A little bit in the Indiana game, but I thought last week against Michigan, I don't think he had any crazy throws that like weren't worth the risk. It's not like he was airing the ball out in double coverage on like a first and 10, for example. So, no, I think he's a smart player. I think he's solid. However, this will be a very good test this weekend against a Purdue team that does have a nice pass rush, limits completion percentage, and all that without speedy Naylor as well. So this will be a, a, a solid test for him. And, oh, yeah, just throwing all the you know intangible things like coming off the emotional game, yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, that, those are my thoughts on Peyton Thorne. I'm, I'm still very confident in, in Peyton right now. Um, another question right here. Love this one. You get to go back to the night before the Northwestern game and tell past you that one of these two things are going to happen. MSU is number three in the first college football rankings, or the offense will have a Heisman favorite by week nine. Which do you choose and why? Bonus, which one would you have uh, have passed you had me more geeked? So this is before the Northwestern game. Before the Northwestern game. So no, we don't know that Kenneth Walker is going to go for uh, 9,000 yards against the Wildcats. What would I choose? I would choose. I, I mean, I would have to choose number three in the college football ranking. Uh, what a what a sky high rise before the season. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, like, it'd be sick if we go to a tax layer bowl. Like, get, get me to Taxonville, baby. I, I, six and six, whew, going down to play. Oh, I don't know, I, Arkansas in the tax layer bowl. Oh my God, where do I sign? That sounds fantastic right now. Bowl eligibility coming off a season where we just won two games. <laughs> Yes, I'd love that. Um, to think that they would be at three in the college football playoff rankings, I would have thought, oh, God, that COVID has just mutated so hard and it's plagued so many programs that there's only 20 programs left playing football in November. Not that, oh, MSU with the over-under of four and a half wins would just barnstorm their way to an 8-0 start. Um, no, like that, that is flabbergasting. No, I'm not saying that I predicted that MSU would have a Heisman favorite, but wow, I mean, I'm going to go with the more unlikely scenario because, well, this is more fun. And yeah, number three in the first college football rankings, wow, wow. I No, I did not see this coming. I did not see Michigan State being a top three team in the Big Ten. Uh, quite frankly, if I'm going to be honest, and I've been proven wrong, thank God I have, and I love being proven wrong here, I didn't think they'd be a top three team in the Big Ten East when the season started. So uh, I will gladly, uh, absolutely, if you gave a contract in front of me and said, Heisman favorite or top three in the nation? Yeah, I'm taking top three in the nation. Oh, yeah. I know there's a lot of football left to be played. That will not harsh my vibe, though. That is, uh, no. <laughs> God, look at us. Who would have thought? Really? Who would have thought? Um, Next question. Would you? Okay, what would you rather have? Another would you rather question. A national championship this year in football and K-9 leaves after this season or back-to-back Rose Bowl wins and one more year of K-9 after this year. Oh, man. I love the Rose Bowl. It was awesome. Went in 2013. One of the best days of my entire life. One of the best trips I was being able to take with uh, my family. It was awesome. Loved it. With that said, I you could write five Rose Bowls in a row and somehow Kenneth Walker stays all five years. I, I'm going to be taking the national title. 
I my the rest of my life could be sustained on a national title. Um, just one. I I, I won't need food. I won't need water. I, I barely need air. As long as I could just think that MSU won a national title in 2021, especially considering uh, where this program was just one year ago. Like, what a storybook. What a what just what a rise in prominence. Yeah, like no, national. It's 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 natty all day. It's natty all day. I mean, why do you play the game to to win natty? So, hey, Rose Bowl's awesome. Loved it. It's awesome. Ain't touching what a natty would do. So. And last, last but not least, and I, I've got to help myself on this question here. Uh, going back to a show from a few weeks back, do you still feel MSU needs an established second back? Yes, if you're new to this show, one of my gripes a few weeks ago is that there really is not a second running back behind Kenneth Walker that can spell him when the team absolutely needs him, when Kenneth needs a break. And ever since then, it's like, no, there really hasn't been a number two guy. Yes, they keep plugging guys in like Harold Joyner or Jordan Simmons, but like the, the drop-off between Kenneth and the number two backs is it, it's steep. It, like, it's just a line down. Like, it's it's a cliff. Um, No, I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not worried anymore. I'll cut right to the chase. Um, one of my issues a few weeks back is that, well, as we go further into the season, you might want to save Kenneth's legs. You know, we got a gauntlet of a year coming down the pipe in the last six weeks. Okay, uh, Kenneth Walker looked at the television screen, stared right through my soul and said, you you idiot, <laughs> my legs are fine. I'm going to pop these Wolverines for five touchdowns and I'm going to make it look effortless the entire time. So um, maybe I put too much stock into how Kenneth's legs would be or how tough the schedule would be at the end or yada, yada, yada. Long story short, you know what? I've got some takes on here that surprisingly age pretty well. Or worries that actually, unfortunately, come to fruition, and it really is a problem. This is not one of those times. This is one of the times where I was uh, wrong with my worry. Uh, Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports tried to talk me down from it, and, well, hey, wow, shocker. Stephen was more right than I am, as, well, it, it goes more times than not. So, uh, yeah, those are the, the mailback questions, guys. Once again, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. And before we set sail into the week, I've got five best bets. Um... Once again, we'll do all Big Ten, and we are 23-22 and 22 in the season. Yes, we are barely hanging on to staying in the black right now. Uh, I'm going to go OSU minus 15.5 against Nebraska. I think if the Buckeyes jump on the Huskers early, this is a Huskers team that will wilt like a flower as they've seen, oh God, I know they've played eight or nine games already, but this is seemingly the 18th game this season that it will just kill them, I think. And yeah, the morale will be broken after a hot Buckeyes start. I like over 44 points in Minnesota, uh, Illinois. Minnesota, solid hitting overs this year. Uh, Rutgers, plus 13 against Wisconsin. I'm going to keep on betting against Wisconsin until it pays off. I'm in quite the drought right now, but hey, we're due. So Rutgers, plus 13. We're going to go over 50 in Indiana, Michigan. I don't really have analysis or anything for that. I just think, you know, over 50 points, night game. Um, Indiana's got a fun little quarterback, you know, the freshman quarterback, so he might be a... I don't know, a little saucy. Who knows? And then for our MSU-Purdue game, if you're wondering if I'm going to be too much of a coward to pick MSU minus 2.5, ding, 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 you are right. I am not picking either side here for this game. I will be picking the under, though, which is 53.5 for this game. Under 53.5, of course, as you know, MSU, Ben, don't break. I think a lot of red zone trips for the Boilermakers will get brought down to field goals. And, yeah, I think MSU's offense does take a little bit of a bump without Speedy Naylor, but 
Yeah, well, we'll see. So under 53 and a half for that one. All right, guys, if you want more Big Ten football in your life, go check out Locked on Big Ten with our guy, Nate Dickinson. He's the best. Um, it's just simply because, yeah, there's more teams in the Big Ten than just Michigan State, surprisingly. I know. I don't like to believe it either, but there is. All right, guys, and really quick for signing off, I mean, just thank you so much for an awesome week uh, of, of listening, uh, conversation, just being you. Uh, like I, I said earlier this week, Last week's uh, string of shows was the most listened to week of all time. And I think this week we're on pace to beat that even surprisingly enough. And that's all because of you guys. It's all because of our awesome guests. And also, more importantly, it's it's also because we've got an 8-0 football team, baby. People love their Spartans because you guys are the best fans in the world. You guys are passionate. And when it comes to being podcast listeners, that's right, Locked on Spartans listeners, you guys are just the best, man. Love you guys. You guys are the best. Let's have a Saturday. Let's have a weekend. Go green. Oh, my goodness. Let's just get through this all together. All right. See you beautiful folks on Monday.